You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. There's a former Flame from men's basketball on the show today who has some things to get off his chest. And let me tell you what, it's a mic drop moment. Plus, some surprising news out of Liberty Men's Golf that you don't want to miss. All the drama starts right now. Now from our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. Okay, guys, like I said in the tease, we have some drama on today's show. You really show. hyped that Oh, up. boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, is it not? I mean, this is a mic drop moment. We had Lavelle Cabell on the show, and you'll hear from him in just a moment, but it is something that I'm, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss. Like, I was You're not really expecting. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm not going <laughs> to no, build it up no. anymore. So let's just shift over to the links. And Kieran Vincent, guys, is coming back. Yeah. We thought that he was going to be. He told us he was done. He yeah. told me. I feel like I don't to. know what I don't know what to believe anymore. I can't trust anyone around here, but I I'm happy. It's a win win right. for Liberty's golf program yes. and for Kieran Vincent. We'll talk a little bit about that um, in just a moment. Plus, we have a lot of people listening to the podcast, which is great news. One of them is a Liberty track coach, and he is okay. I'm going to tell you about that after after oh, this wow. interview That's because cool. this is exciting stuff as well. And and kind of nervous. Matt yeah. Warner is already stretching. I should be nervous. He's, apparently, yeah. okay. It's it's pretty ridiculous how he. I've already seen him training. You know, on my way oh, to work, he's like. I was wearing spandex this morning <laughs> out on the track. The yeah. full body I saw you suit. running by my house this morning. Right. I was like, yeah. who's that man? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but first, you want to hear what Lavelle Cabell wants to get off of his chest. So let's just check in with his interview first. Former Flame uh, Lavelle Cabell, thank you so much for coming in. I'm. So excited to kind of see what you're up to. And um, I know Matt Warner has been dancing around the office bragging that he got you on the podcast. Well, Lavelle actually initiated this, right? He's the second former Flames basketball player to reach out via social media and say, listen, I need to get on that podcast. I've got some things I want to say. So here here he is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is Is it something on the group chat? I see. I just see it on social media. I see what you guys are doing, and you know I'm a big fan. So I thought maybe. everybody gets a little jealous, don't they? You see <laughs> yeah, Caleb. Yeah. You see, yeah. You I see, see Mayo, Mayo Georgie. Right. Come on, like, dang, everybody's going on with me. So maybe right. So Georgie, <laughs> Georgie sent me a clip whenever we had Caleb Holmesley on, and I guess I said, "Well, we really wanted you first, Caleb." And then Georgie and my, they were just like on campus, and he sent me that little clip. He's like, "I see how it is, Emily." Yeah. Georgie's like not happy, so I have to watch myself because I know you guys are like. Like, you know, our biggest fans, which is awesome. I was a little jealous for sure. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, glad to have you. So you um, initially after being with the Flames, you know, you signed with the Indiana Pacers in the G League and then you went overseas to play in Georgia. Kind of give us a um, an outlook on what you're doing now and what you've been up to. Uh, Yeah. So now we just been training, getting prepared to go back overseas. Um, We got a few places in the works right now that we're in talks with. Uh, but really, it's just been working out back in Texas uh, through COVID, waiting on everything to open back up overseas. And so that, that's been a process in its own because this last year has been kind of crazy um, in the bas- well, in life in general with the pandemic. But in basketball, especially overseas, like this past year has been kind of rough. So we've just been working out, just staying prepared for that. Yeah, you talk about that. Like, like are you doing other stuff on the side? Like, how, how do you kind of make, make it go? You know what I mean? How, how do you get by 
when, and I know you're not alone, so many guys that have been playing overseas, that just simply wasn't an option this past year. What do you do to kind of get by in the meantime? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's tough. I think this past year um, it's probably helped people learn that they should probably save money a little better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably invest money a little better yeah. just in case something like this does happen and you don't have a source of income, so you still have something that you, know, that you can lay back on and yeah. still be prepared if something like this does happen. So that's kind of what I've been doing, basically. All right, this is what I really want to know. In Georgia, what are you eating over there? Like, are they goat or something like that like (laughs) what what is the main cuisine that you're you're having do you know any georgian i guess can you speak some georgian i don't i know no georgian okay when i was there i knew how to say yes and no okay but i honestly honestly (laughs) forgot since i've been back home (laughs) but when i was there i knew how to say yes or no but the food there it was it was a challenge it was tough uh, just finding a way, finding restaurants, you know. Actually, when I got over there, that's how I learned how to cook. So oh, really? I did nice. not know how to cook. I wish I knew how to cook in college, but I didn't know how to make anything. It was fast food every day. And when I got to Georgia, I realized I couldn't eat like at all the restaurants. Yeah. So I just decided to start going to the grocery store, watching YouTube videos. <laughs> and eventually I learned how to cook. So that's pretty much what I ate. While the months I was there was just stuff that I cooked. Okay, okay so cool. what's your like yeah. go-to meal? What, what are you cooking? My go-to, I could probably make a pretty good like shrimp, shrimp fettuccine. That oh, wow. <laughs> oh, okay. That might that might be my go-to right there. I like it. Okay, can you pronounce the team that you played for? Zavre B. That's how you pronounce it. Oh so gosh, the, I wasn't even gonna try. The M, the M is silent. So Zavre B. Zavre B. I like it. <laughs> Was that a, a good experience for you? Like, I mean, you hear some like nightmare stories, right? About guys who want to play overseas. Like, oh, we never knew if we were going to get paid. Uh, you know, maybe sketchy situations with the team. Like, was that a good experience for you? Or did you run into like, or there's some stories where it's like, oh man, this is, this is not the U S anymore. No, it's actually, it was, it had its ups and downs. Um, like it's challenging basketball wise, especially playing for a coach that doesn't speak English. My coach spoke yeah. no English. Um, wow. So that was tough. You really just had to go off with like his emotion. So you knew he, you knew <laughs> he wasn't be, happy yeah. with what you did. Yeah. You knew he'd be yeah. screaming for something. Yeah. You just didn't know what it was. So you'd have to just like think back, okay, I did this. So I'm assuming that I did this yeah. wrong. Yeah. So, so I could change it in this sense. But I, I wasn't there long enough to yeah. just have like, the bad experiences that everyone else talks about. Um, I have heard stories, but I was only there for like two and a half months. Um, I still had three more months to go before the COVID ended yeah. it. But that was probably the biggest thing, like just realizing what the coach wanted and what he didn't want because he didn't speak English. Yeah, so. like I remember there was a story about like the Ball brothers. Remember they went and played over, oh, was yeah. it like in Lithuania? Yeah, or I think it was like Lithuania. And it was like, oh yeah, their coach after practice is like selling meat out of his trunk. <laughs> like, like, like it just That's bizarre right. stuff like yeah. that. So I believe like, that. Yeah. I believe that. So there's just crazy stuff you hear about overseas like that. Everywhere you walk around, it'd be like just pig heads just outside yeah. of trucks or like food trucks were just giant pig heads. And like, it was very popular. Like everyone was buying it. And when that I, was like on every street corner. When I think of this, you know, Indiana Jones was the second movie yeah. when they have that, the table has like the snakes moving on the right, table. Right. Yes, it's like yes. that, but that kind of comes to mind, right? <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what it was like. <laughs> was there anything else that like stood out that was like a culture shock for you? Ooh. Um, Other than food and pig heads? Nah, just, just besides like 
the language barrier, just the basic stuff. Um, you can go anywhere. It didn't matter. Restaurants, mall, uh, grocery store, gas station. And you might find one or two people maybe that could speak English, but they weren't just eager to translate for you. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I was trying to go to the mall and just find like the size that I wanted, and there would be like one person that would work in the store, but they weren't excited to translate what you wanted yeah. to the actual like worker in the store. So like mm-hmm. that was probably the biggest thing, just having to find a way, like getting on my phone and typing in the words and then showing them the translated version, just stuff like that. that. That was a challenge. So if your coach didn't speak English, how did you teach him about the pack line defense? Right. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. We actually <laughs> ran the complete opposite. It has made line. its way overseas yeah. just yet. The complete yeah. opposite of the pack line. And that was, that was different too because like in the pack line, like I could just worry about guard and I didn't have to pick up full court or do anything like that, deny. Yeah. That's what we did overseas. Like we picked up full court and it was full denial. It's like that was a big difference. Like I felt like I was way more tired throughout the game yeah, than playing the yeah. pack line. All right, I want to take you back to your very first game at Liberty, Covenant College. Like a lot of people may not remember remember that game. It was Richie's first game back, your first collegiate game. This little school that, you know, not D1 school at all. It might have been like NAIA or something like that. And it was tied 62 all with like two <laughs> seconds left. And everyone's like, Oh no. Like, you know, it's all this excitement. Richie's back. Here we go. And then it's Covenant College. And it's like, we might just lose this game. What do you remember about that? Because you ended up knocking down the two free throws with two seconds left as a true freshman to win it. I do. I do remember just how mad (laughs) Coach McKay was throughout that game. (laughs) And like our team, we were all new. We had, we were basically all underclassmen. Yeah. And we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. And then that game was just like a blur. I, like everyone thought it was just going to be easy yeah. on the team. And then I remember coming down to the end. The play wasn't even designed for me. I think I was just like had the ball and I was just going to take it and go try to score it. And then I got fouled. And I remember the Vines was just dead silent. <laughs> dead silent. And I was like, oh, man. So I made those two free throws. And it's funny because right after that, Caleb actually almost fouled the three-point shooter shooting a half-court yeah. shot. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And we always talk about that because I couldn't imagine how mad Coach McKay would have been <laughs> if he would have fouled that three-point shooter and we would have lost that game. It would have been nuts. <laughs> Going back to that first year, you know, the freshmen coming into the program now, they see Liberty and it's like, okay, they've been tournament-bound three years in a row, right? And they're thinking – I'm going to go in. I'll buy into the pack line because obviously it works. They've gone to the tournament. But for you coming in that first year, no idea really what this pack line is and what's going on with this program. And you're struggling to win games. Did you ever feel like, what on earth have I gotten myself into? And then when did that finally come? Like, okay, I'm in the right spot. No, it was definitely tough for us. Um, I think for them, it's probably different because they have upperclassmen that's been yeah. in the pack line. Like you have the Dariuses, the Kyles, yeah. the Shilohs. But when we came in, everybody was new to the pack line. Yeah. So there was nobody you could go talk to, like get some advice on, you know, how to maneuver around, how to find spots you could be successful. So for us, and we lost like 12 or 13 games in a row. So none of us wanted to buy into it. Like we were all like, oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And I would probably say like sophomore year, once we took that next step, uh, I remember we had a tough game against VCU. We almost won. And we had we had some some games that year where it was like, okay, I can see the potential and it's working. Cool. So I'll probably say that's the time. Give me your favorite memory of Coach McKay. Can be funny, it can be him getting really mad about something. Ooh, my favorite memory, okay. 
Kayla would probably hate me for this, but <laughs> this is my favorite memory. So freshman year, uh, me and Caleb coming in, we were roommates. And so we had our individual workout today or that day. And we were together with Coach Mads, who was here. Yeah. And Caleb was just coming off his ACL surgery. He was extremely out of shape. <laughs> so <laughs> Coach Mads put us through this drill. It was just basic. Like we had to run the half court and then come into the shot, run the half court, come to the shot. Caleb had did like three uh, half and backs and he was already tired. Like he was dead. <laughs> so, you know, he hadn't been on the court since ACL surgery. And Caleb couldn't make it through the workout. And so he was on his knees. He took his next shot, and it was an air ball. <laughs> so Coach McKay runs down to the individual. He stops it, and he basically just starts eating at Caleb. And he's like, <laughs> I don't even know if you belong here. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I think you could be a Division II All-American. Like, he was just telling him, basically, like, you're not a Division One player yeah. mid-workout. And it was so funny because it was like, you see what Caleb turned out to be. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. the time, Coach McKay was just ripping into him. Like, uh, you would never play Division One. I. I thought that was the funniest Imagine thing. if you were cooking him shrimp fettuccine Alfredo. You know, he would have been, been he would, yeah. the nutrition would have yeah. helped him get through that workout. I was kind but. of his bad influence because neither of us could cook. So it was just like, okay, let's just go get some fast food, you know? <laughs> Is there a game, I always th assume for athletes, there's a game or two that you just always think back on more than any other or a moment or two within a game. What What is that for you? Is there a game or two that you think back on even now? Like every once in a while, you're like, man, either like that one got away or that was just so incredible. Like, well, what do you think back on? Uh, it would definitely be the tournament game. Both of them, actually. Um, I was just talking to Mayo about it. But it's like when you watch rewatch the tournament games and you see like the mistakes and stuff that you made. Like I was actually just watching the Mississippi State game yeah. not too long ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. And it was like some of the mistakes we made to put ourselves in the hole that we did, but us even being able to climb out of it. And like that was just amazing. Like those are games like you'll never get back and you'll never like fully appreciate it while you're in it. But once you go back and you think about it, it's like, dang. That game was like one of the best games I've ever played in my life. Just like with the crowd and that team yeah. and like how we actually ended up winning the game. Like that game was truly amazing. It was Caleb that was talking about when you guys were down kind of during a timeout, you kind of told, settled everybody down kind of like, hey, we're good. Do you, do you remember that like in that timeout and kind of what you said? I do remember. So it was actually, I had just turned the ball over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's listen to this guy. <laughs> I had just turned the ball over and it was like, we had no energy, we had no momentum, we we're down 10. Everybody's just sitting there, just like, oh, we, we're defeated. Like, nobody knew what to say. So me, I kind of just kind of be the light on the team. I try to bring some some laughter, some joy. So I just started laughing. I'm like, you know what? Like, we good. And I told I told Scotty and Georgie, I'm like, this is not going to be the last time I play with you guys. Like, I guarantee I'll play with you guys at least one more time. And so then everybody starts laughing. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, we're good. We're going to come back and win. And that's when we came out. I felt like we played with a little more joy after that. And we were able to cut the lead down. And then we were able to take the lead. Uh, part two, Caleb just going absolutely yeah. insane yeah. <laughs> in those last four minutes. But... I do remember that timeout. That was that was a special moment. Those D two All Americans, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll really come out in the tournament. Yeah. Wasn't, even, wasn't even supposed to be in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> On the flip side of that, there's always a couple moments that an athlete feels like got away. Is there what was that? Maybe the the Radford game with the buzzer beater three, or maybe against Virginia Tech in the same tournament. What was that moment for you? No, the Radford game for sure because it was on me and. I did the absolute wrong thing that we had just talked about in the timeout. Um, I allowed Carly, you know, to just walk into the shot. 
And I had to sit with that for a year. Yeah, like I every mean. time I would look on social media or ESPN, all I would see was game winning shot, game winning shot. And so I was actually telling coach, I'm like, if we wouldn't have won senior year and got to the tourney, like I don't know how I would have lived that down yeah. because I went a whole year straight just watching Carly make the shot. And we that game definitely got away from us because I look at those guys and they had like Caleb, Mile, like they had two rings. I was only able to get one. <laughs> so we, yeah. we would have got that one the year before. Maybe I could have had two. So that always comes back to bite me. <laughs> so bringing it back to today, why are you here? You're obviously in Lynchburg for a reason. What made you decide to come back? No, I was at, I was at home working out. Um, sometimes I just like to get different scenario or sceneries, you know. And I talked to Coach Henry, uh, just putting together a plan for me, just you know, to take a next step in my basketball game. So I decided to come here for a couple weeks and just work out with him, just get a change of scenery and get to work out with some of these guys instead of just being at home and working out because I was there for probably a year mm-hmm. working out. And sometimes that can get kind of old, or you can kind of just feel yourself doing the same things. So yeah, like, that's you know kind of how I feel. Though. I work every day. Mm-hmm. No, what are your thoughts on the new arena? Was that your first time seeing the new arena? Yes, that was my first time, and I was extremely jealous. Uh, <laughs> those those guys, they have it good. Because when we got our new locker room, I thought it was like the best thing ever. Like, I'm, I'm like this is better than some professional locker rooms. And then I go see their locker room now, and it makes ours look just terrible. <laughs> like Ours is like a high school locker room compared to theirs. So they, those guys don't know how good they have it, but... Yeah, I got a question for you, and I'm just going to actually came up with this on the spot here and you talk about coming back with Coach Henry and whatnot. Obviously, Coach McKay and the, and the staff are hard on, one, hard on you while you're here because they want the best out of you. But talk about when you're an alum and you're coming back, how well does the program treat you? Because it seems like a lot of alums are coming back now and it's like, a, it's like hey, let's get back with the guys and just reminisce in that, that Liberty Arena is now like a central hub of hanging out and just fellowship. No, it's always good whenever I come back. Uh, I've probably been back twice since I've been out of school, but those guys, they always show me love. The players, uh, even the ones that don't know me, like the freshmen, uh, they always show love. You know, we were so close as a staff, like those managers, assistant coaches, GAs. Like it's always a good time. We just get to sit back and just reminisce of four years worth of, you know, crazy stories and funny stories. So. I enjoy the time I'm back every time I come back. Do you give the freshmen any advice or do they seek any advice from you? Yeah, th- this freshman class, actually, they contact me a lot. And really? They mm-hmm. ask me a lot of questions because I think they're, they they want to play. It's like they're eager to play. So they try to get any little advantage that they can. And I try to help them out when I have the answer. Yeah, you've been playing pickup with a lot of these guys, with the current team, and you've seen a lot of these freshmen. So mm-hmm. give us a little like sneak peek. Like what have you seen – from these freshmen and maybe give us one or two guys you feel like, whoa, this guy's this guy's a player. Uh, yeah, th- this class is extremely confident. Mm, and like I said, they want to play right away. Like they don't feel like they should have to wait their turn. They yeah. feel like they're good enough to play right away. Um, that's what I've seen the times I've played. Um, Brody Peebles, he's, yeah. he's really good. Um, they're all actually good, Joseph, DJ, Bryson. But Brody, I think he has a chance to be like really good. Yeah. You know, when you were here, you kind of, we talk about the pack line, you kind of set the tone, I feel like, for that as a player. Like, you were one of the best defensive players, certainly in what you know, whatever conference you were in at the time and at, at, at this level. Do you do you try to pull aside guys, like those young guys, and say, or do they come to you and say, you and I know uh, Cuff is here as well, and he kind of is in that same kind of category. Do you guys try to kind of say, hey, 
let me defensively, let me, I've done it. I've done it at an extremely high level. Let me show you how it's done. Yeah. I try to, I try to help those guys when I'm watching them, um, just showing them what places to be in, um, how to anticipate certain things that's coming. Uh, I think Joseph, he's a really good defender and he's always seeking, you know, he's asking questions. How can I do this better? So I try to give him a little advice and it helps them because like when I was a freshman, there was no one to give us advice. Cause yeah. like I said, we were all new. Um, and so those guys, it just looks more natural when they're coming in and they can get advice. And Cuff's doing a good job of helping them them guys too because he's a little closer to them than I am just because he was here. But when, when they're out there playing, I, I try to give them help when I can. Let's go off the court real quick. Your clothing line, I remember that was a, a work for you while you were here at Liberty. What's going on with that? Is that still something that you're working on actively? Uh, yeah, so me and a couple of my best friends, we had started uh, back maybe like 2016. Um, we had, we had some success doing it. Um, I think we were we were young when we did it, and we went through some rough patches, um, as all businesses do when they're first starting. Uh, but me and one of my other best friends, uh, we're in the process of starting it back up, um, changing a few things in house, getting a few different designs. But that's something you can expect. Uh, I want to say before the year is over. Wow, Before little tease there. What's the name of it? Um, inspired Clothing. <laughs> okay, is it just for guys or do we have some? Guys, girls. Look at everything. that. I love yeah, it. Emily's sizes. just trying to get some free swag. <laughs> no. Right? no. <laughs> I was going to be the model. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm yeah. totally. No, you can model for us for sure. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> All right, you said when you were asking to come on, you're like, I've got some things I'm going to air out here. Is there, any... here's your chance, Lavelle. Like, this is your chance. Open mic. Open mic. Your opportunity, you need to call somebody out. You need what, what do you need to do here? Uh, open mic. I actually don't have anybody to call out, but let me just say this. Because <laughs> I feel like it goes under the radar. You know, people on the outside might not pay too much attention. But me personally, I feel like that I am the most underrated and underappreciated player to ever come through Liberty wow. University. Boom, boom. Wow. That's, okay. That's how wow. I feel. Me personally, because, you know, I, I see a lot of things, you know, on social media, sure. talking about a lot of players and a lot of stuff like that. But me personally. You I feel, feel like, slighted you didn't I get feel, that second time through, that, that second ring. That's what I'm it is, I'm slighted right? about that for sure. I, I think I'm slighted about it. Maybe a, maybe a defensive player of the year. I'm slighted maybe sure. about a couple yeah. all conferences that I felt like I should have got, but I never got. So, you know, that's how life works sometimes. Yeah. But I feel like I'm definitely the most – underrated player well, well listen ever. you did get this and i don't know how much this means to you i believe it was paul nazigan who works the games with me who coined the the term the cabal claw do you yes, remember that i do remember basically that. <laughs> labelle had a deal where if if a guy's driving on him where some guys might just reach in and try to like tap it away labelle had a knack of just like latching on to the basketball basically create, <laughs> create a jump ball so yeah. like guys driving and you think they're just about to go up and it's like they might go up the ball's not like because he's just latched onto it nas called that the cabal claw there's not a lot of guys that got their own little like <laughs> like term like that so i, I do remember him yeah. saying that i actually appreciate him for saying that good i actually did do that a lot <laughs> yeah that was, you had a knack for that all right so what's next you're gonna go back to texas and continue training and then potentially go overseas in the next few months? Yes. Yeah, so I have a couple more weeks here. Um, I'll go back to Texas probably through July, August. And then the plan is to be heading out in September uh, once the league start back. All right. We're excited to continue to follow you. But first, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, NBA 
playoffs and stuff. Not going to lie. I feel like a lot of media members don't do this often, but I remember being on the radio in Atlanta and and having a little doubt on uh, Trey Young. So I admit that I was wrong. <laughs> you know, like I doubted him. What are your thoughts on the current NBA playoff situation, Trey Young, and, and who do you got winning it all? So I was actually wrong about a couple of things as well. So, I, you know, I can admit that I was wrong about the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I didn't think they would get this far. I actually thought they would lose in the first round to Miami Heat. Um, I was wrong about the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Um, I always give my friend, my best friend Slack because he loves Chris Paul and the Suns. And I told him like, oh, yeah, I didn't think they were going to be that good. So I was wrong about that. But I actually have the Clippers winning the entire thing. Really? I've had the Clippers from the start of the year. And I'm safe to say that they're still in it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sticking with my pick on the Clippers. Even with a banged up Kawhi, you're staying with it. Okay, I believe in Paul George. All right. So, now I yeah, see I'm you on Twitter. <laughs> you are not shy about voicing your NBA opinions and ripping other people who voice theirs. I've noticed that you're not afraid to kind of like call people out a little bit. I, I try to defend some of the players that I like when I feel like they get criticized yeah. unfairly. Yeah. <laughs> are you a LeBron guy? Um, I do like LeBron. I'm not a super LeBron fan, but I like him, and I know how great he is, but I'm not, like, a super LeBron So your guy is who? Uh, My favorite player is Lillard. Okay. That's my favorite player. And Lou Williams, but he's kind of, like, on the back end. So when, maybe a couple years ago, I would have said Lou Williams, but now it's Lillard for sure. All right. Well, I loved your open mic segment. That was definitely a mic drop. We really should have ended the podcast and interview (laughs) there. But thank you so much, Lavelle, for coming on. It was great to catch up and meet you and and reminisce a little bit about your time here. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Best of luck to you. We'll definitely follow your success. Thank you. Whoa, guys, most <laughs> underrated flame, Matt Warner, your reaction to that? I, I think of this era, I can't speak to any other eras, but of this era, yeah, I think yeah. I think that was accurate. I would say that too. He was so good, his senior year especially, and we saw him kind of grow from a kid that really didn't have any D1 offers. Liberty was the one. And the skinny kid who we talked about at the beginning <laughs> yeah, of his career yeah. turned into just a stud. By his yeah. senior season and didn't, yeah, never really did get the credit he deserves. It's tough. Perimeter players, defense that are really good defensively, don't get the same accolades as somebody that racks up a bunch of blocks right. mm-hmm. or rebounds. So, yeah, he was overlooked, I think, in a lot of ways. And, you know, when you lose that Radford game by that close and you know, I mean, I could have been to two tournaments in right. my career. Yeah, he probably has a little chip on his shoulder, but I'd say this, it probably helps him going forward in his career, you know what I mean? Yeah. To have that chip on your shoulder, and he feels like he always has to prove something. Gutsy player, too. We oh, were yeah. talking about it afterwards, just that game going into Lipscomb, the championship game, and how he was banged up. Like, he was hurting with that knee injury in, in the semis, and he played through it. And you honestly wonder how good he is defensively. He had some big moments in that game versus the Bisons. Would they have been able to get through that championship game on the road if it had not been for him playing like yeah, not that know. he had, you know, obviously we all remember the Georgie shot. Right. right. But through that full game, he's guarding, you know, Matthews and that's a big yeah, task. Yeah. And if he's not there, who knows what could have happened. And I love how he is still pouring into this program yeah. and the freshman asking him advice and him giving that feedback as an, as an older guy. I know it feels like with all the basketball guys we've talked to, like that's a broken record. We keep talking, harping on like the culture and all that stuff, but like, it's not like that everywhere. Right. Like these guys, you you see the pictures of of Lavelle, Caleb, Mayo, like all these guys are here 
in the summer. They're here together. They're playing together still. They're, they're working with these younger guys and, and teaching them things they picked up along the way. They want to be around this program. They want to be around this coaching staff. Henry Barrera is a big part of that, along with Richie McKay and the rest of the staff. That just speaks volumes to the type of people they are. We know they win. We know they're great coaches. But the type of people they are is the yeah. reason these guys keep wanting to come back. Well, I'm excited to see what news is coming his way as where he's going to play overseas. Right. He's going to be here in Lynchburg for the next couple of weeks, he said, right? Yeah. So we should have that um, conversation with him again once he once he signs overseas. And maybe we'll get to go overseas and do a story, right, Right? Yeah, that would be great to do a story on wherever he ends up. That would be fantastic. Such a good guy. I want to say one more thing, though. The way the Liberty basketball program supports their alum now, I think is huge. Because you think about it, these guys come back and you've got all these freshmen coming into the class this year. And obviously, you're focused on them getting them prepared for the season. But you see a lot of these guys like Holmesley coming back and also Lavelle. They're taking time to set them up. He talked about it. Coach Henry is like helping him out, right. get prepared for the season. They're still helping their alums with their future success and what they want to accomplish in their career, which I think is huge. If you're a Liberty, if you're a player and you want to go to a school that's going to help you long term, not just your four or five years that you're here at the program, but in your professional career as well. And that speaks volumes of the staff, like you're saying, the character as well. Man, it is June and I'm already like hyped about men's basketball season. I know. And (laughs) I keep saying like. This is going to be, you know, the most, you know, high profile football season in Liberty history. And so we're all super excited about that. But man, I am also like not looking past it, but like <laughs> yeah, I that know. arena, I want to see it yeah, full. I know. Like, what's that sure. going to be like? Uh, it is. I mean, it's going to be an exciting fall into winter. All right. So Kieran Vincent, like we mentioned, is returning to the men's golf team. This is exciting news because oh, yeah. he lied to me a couple weeks ago <laughs> and told me, I've made my decision 100%. Yeah. I'm going Maybe he pro. just wanted you to leave him alone for a little while. And yeah, he was like, that's Maybe usually if I tell the her case. That, yeah. I'm, I'm used to that. Yeah. But um, I mean, hey, it's I can get past the line. <laughs> it's exciting news for, for both sides because I think he has a little unfinished business. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, if you finish in the top, I don't know, it's like 15, 20 of the nation as a as individual player. There's certain advantages to that. And Kieran was right in that mix this season. And uh, I don't however the chips fell just on the outside of that this year. So coming back for his super senior season, he is going to be one of the top golfers in the nation. And I think he wants to prove that he is. And he comes back for one more year, had a great year last year, was finally healthy right. for an entire season. So he's back at it again this year. And, um, I have no doubt that he's going to be, again, a a top national golfer, and that will open up doors for him as he moves forward. And he's just a fun guy to have around. He is. We need to get him in here on the podcast. We do. I don't think people realize that maybe don't follow golf as closely as other sports, like what a good personality he is and what a kind of thoughtful kid he is. Every once in a while, and we talk to athletes all the time, right? That's part of our job. And then there are certain guys that you talk to, you're like, that guy's got it figured out. Yeah. That guy, like, he carries himself like he's already a pro. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be fun to have him around for another year. A hot take question, Matt Warner. Uh On a scale, on the jealousy scale 
of oh one, two, I will just never be able. I know where this is going. His already. golf game? No. Or his no. hair? I, yeah, that's, I'm I not, know. not jealous of the hair. I would never I would never go that route. Yeah. I am jealous of his uh, hair. But golf game, I would be jealous of. Absolutely. No, I, those locks. I mean, there is one interview. I'm like, hey, can you like take your hair down? And he like pulled his ponytail out and just shook his head left it, and right. Was there music just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's in slow motion. It, it was in yeah. slow mo. I yeah. felt like, like time just slowed down <laughs> because his locks are it's just like those so L'Oreal commercials yeah. that were out a couple years ago. Oh, like, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, just to uh, add on to that, Matt yeah. Warner, I had um, Liberty track assistant coach Isaac reach out to me and yeah. say, hey, listen to the podcast. It's no problem to set up the steeplechase. Yeah. If you want to race Matt Warner, are we but here's do it the soon? issue. Yes, they will set it up for us. We're we're still trying to figure out the date, so okay. you have time to train. Good, good. Here's the I problem. Need to talk to now. Henry Barrera, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Here's the problem, uh, folks. I want to do more than one lap because Matt Warner only wants to race one lap, and right. typically the steeplechase is a three k, which is seven and a half laps. It's like half a lap short. I mean, that'll take me all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to do like two to four laps. You want to do a complete mile? See, this is okay. I know I get the strategy in this because Emily's Emily's a runner. Yeah. And you are going for the longevity, the stamina portion. This is the the tortoise and the hare conversation is what we're having. I want to see Matt Warner on lap three face plant into that water pit. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thanks for joining yeah, us yeah, this week for the Flank yeah. Central podcast. I would be willing to do two laps max. And even that is going to, I'm going to be hurting because I do not run. I'm against okay. it. Okay. Half yeah. a mile. What do you think you can run? No jumps or hurdles. What do you think you can run half a mile in right now? I have no idea. Honestly, I have no idea. What's, I don't know. I'm I don't just run. Interested. I don't run. Yeah. Like I, I don't. My body rejects what you, it. What? Okay, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do half a mile. Then. <laughs> yeah, two laps is the max. I think I can give you. Okay, well, we'll talk about it. We're gonna plan it. We just yeah. want to let you guys know that I'm not letting this go because we just want <laughs> no, to show you. We want to yeah. show you. Felix Candy is just an absolute. Stud. No, that's not what you. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's Felix Candy is like an additional thing. You just want to see Felix me Candy. In pain. No, that. But Felix Candy wants to be the play-by-play color okay. analyst. We're going to like mic him up. I didn't even want to run this. You right. didn't want to do it by yourself. I was going to sit in the booth with Felix, and we were going to Maybe talk we go about back to that route. Yeah, because he doesn't see. <laughs> he doesn't want to lose to me. All right, guys. Well. Thanks for joining us yeah. this week. Exciting stuff. Great to have Lavelle in studio and catch up with him on and reminisce a little bit on his time with the Flames. We have a lot of hype around Twitter on Liberty Football, so we're going to get some of those national college football writers, you know, calling in and talking about Liberty yeah. Football. What other what other interviews yeah, did we talk I feel about? Like, I feel like over the summer, yeah, touch base with some of those people outside maybe the Liberty Circle that are talking yeah. about the Flames. And then also we want to get some more of the Liberty assistant coaches that will be coming through. Uh, talking about the fall and what that looks like. It's coming fast. Yeah. Like just thinking about like how many weeks until like camp and all of that, like it's going to be here before you know it. That's 
incredibly exciting. And some of the additions the Flames have made here recently, I feel like aren't oh. getting maybe enough attention. So maybe we can kind of dive we into that them, a little bit more. Yeah, we don't want them to go Lavelle Cabell on us. Like, right. oh, we're underrated. We're not no. getting the there, attention. I have a feeling there will be no underrating when it comes mm-hmm. to Liberty football this season. Yeah. Well, Those days are done. We talked on last week's show about the secondary for Flames football. Yeah. So maybe I can get in touch with Coach Hunley Jr. Not only talk about the Flames secondary and how much better it's going to be this year, but he, I don't know if you guys saw the Father's Day feature on on all the kid, the, yeah. the coaches' kids, you know, talking about it. their dads. But <laughs> you didn't see it, Rhett? So Coach Hunley, during during this surprise, yeah. he was, I want to have a little conversation with yeah. him about, oh, yeah. you know, he was doing like they were, the little, All the coaches were getting choked up. He yeah. was getting choked up and he was trying so hard. And he told me after, he's like, don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> Coach um, Bruce had it the worst. Uh, yeah. And he was doing the face rub. Like, yeah. you know, oh, just yeah. like, yeah. So great. if you didn't see that go check out the the coach the coach's father's day video all right well we have exciting stuff don't think that we're letting the uh pedal down here in the summer at the flame central podcast for rhett and matt i'm emily we'll see you next time